Welcome back. Welcome back. Week three. We are back for episode three, my man. Let's go. Cool. Um, shall we start with drinks? Our sponsored drinks. <laughs> well, they're not really sponsored. It's we like not sponsored. Yeah, exactly. That's the we thing. We wish. We wish. Uh, it's our own drink. <laughs> Show to the camera. Yeah. For three different angles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We have two new cameras today. We're doing. So yeah, this is a drink, uh, Norwich Internationals, uh, definitely not Stella. Yeah. And it's made in Norwich, uh, 2024, as you can see. Yeah. 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 Good shit. Cheers. Ah. <laughs> mm. Good apple juice. <laughs> oh, we also have, uh bunch of uh jaffa cakes yes. misshapes yes and all uh, the imperfect ones we're gonna see at the end of the podcast who's gonna eat them more <laughs> probably you that's number one <laughs> we're you? starting off mm-hmm. so i mean we have talked about food jaffa cakes but um i think today we should do a food episode oh yeah i've been we, waiting to do this for a while i mean we did talk about this a while and we did just have dinner together i yes. made a german austrian dish is it german it's german yeah kartoffelrösti okay it it's german austrian swiss we all eat it but it's really from germany um okay yeah 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 or Aus- austria i believe um i associate it with skiing trips so yeah um like the first time I had it was yeah. in uh, Chalet. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, so exactly. The, I was in the Alps in Switzerland and they were doing Chalet food. Yeah, so the way I really know it is from skiing trips. When uh, Whenever we go for lunch in a like, skiing hut thing, mm. that's something they always have and so something to go for because it's simple, it's easy, I mean, yummy. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we... Sorry. But yeah, we had that for um, dinner today. I quite enjoyed it. What about you? Well, I really liked it when I first tried it. I had a bit with a mushroom sauce. It was really rich. Mm. Mm. Um, It was probably one of the richer foods I've ever had. Mm. As well as uh, quite heavy because it's potato. Yeah, it is potato. Yeah. um, It's basically shredded potato. Yeah. Um, When I first had it, I thought, okay, the size isn't that big. Mm. And then you cooked it with about three potatoes, if I remember. Yeah, 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 three. And I thought three wouldn't take me down that easily, but I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is quite filling. And mm. then again, it depends on the kind of topping you have. So, in the skiing huts, usually you have like we had it today with like some um, smoked salmon and a cream. Yeah, um, sour cream. Or you can also have it with bacon or whatever else. Basically. Yeah, I can see why it works. And yeah. any topping really works. Um, Does it work I with think uh, raisins? Raisins? I'm just kidding. <laughs> raisins on that, I don't know about. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, no, it's good. I like it. Um, mm. Last time you made that pork. Um, mm. Your your pork, your speci- specialty did you, pork. Did you just say you are pork? That's <laughs> what? what I heard. Your pork. You are pork. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 not yeah, your yeah. pork. Your 
special kind of preparing yeah. pork. I mean, um, which was quite nice like experience because I think we we both cook very differently. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I I mean, obviously, I have a more European style and you have a more Asian style. Yes, because of our cultures, because of where we're from. Mm. Um, but I think. I think something I really enjoy. That's a lot of Jaffa cakes. I'm not counting that as one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, what what was I saying? I was saying um, yeah, one thing I really enjoy that we start started doing is every time we do a podcast, we cook dinner together, and like yeah. one week it's you, one week it's me, and that way we also get exposed to each other's cooking and to each other's like taste and yeah. stuff which is quite nice actually um yeah tell tell me a bit about how you grew up with cooking where did you start really getting a passion for cooking and that kind of stuff well um okay long story again yeah gotta go back to um when i was young so uh so two years ago i was so young <laughs> back then <laughs> um no uh back to childhood uh I'm sure a lot of people think that, uh, well, we mentioned this last episode as well. Yeah. Uh, Asians kind of aff- like show affection with food. Yeah. So naturally, uh, we just make better food. Uh, debatable. <laughs> um, debatable. Uh, I grew up with lots of different uh, cuisines because um, yeah. Hong Kong is a food paradise, as some would call it. Mm. So we have quite a huge variety of them like of cuisine you've got mm. all the good asian food but you always have like french or even british or german or portuguese especially in macau because you know portuguese food in macau is kind of big because yeah, of yeah. The, the history yeah. but still like uh hong kong being a multinational kind of city brings in so much different cuisines from around the world mm. and it's kind of mm. nice to be able to experience uh these different foods because let's just say i like you know going to south korea i like to go to japan and yeah they specialize in their own nation's food but i feel like hong kong does it in such a way where you're able to, to kind of get the authenticity yeah without having to travel far if you go i mean yeah yeah okay okay because obviously the best food is from the original country that you're from yeah yeah but i think yeah, hong kong it offers a certain amount of quality to be good enough to call authentic okay okay yeah yeah um actually i only started cooking when i came into uni really yeah so was it like four years ago yeah, yeah um yeah. 2020 yeah damn that's far yeah so yeah uh so i came here i'm not a, i'm not the kind of person to do take away a lot because yeah. I'm not a big fan of just spending money every single week to do unhealthy food. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I get so you. I invested in a couple of sauce, which I've never knew about. I, I kind of know, but um, my whole cabinet right now, you see my cabinet at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Filled with different kinds of sauce, like at least a good 20 bottles in there. Yeah, and now I have fish sauce because of you. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know about fish sauce, it's kind of a really strong and pungent smell. So it's it's made from anchovies, and I think yeah. that's that's what gives it that smell. Yeah, and it's used in a lot of, uh, if I remember, it's Filipino. Like Filipino mm. or just 
Asian food, like we used a lot in different uh, sauces. Yeah. Uh, I added some in the potato today. It was not bad. I quite like it. I can kind of mm-hmm. imagine it. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't try it because it didn't. I wasn't that risky. Yeah. But yeah, fair. Um, so I mean, yeah. If I if I think back about it, when I really started cooking, I um so in my school I went to an international international school back home, um. And we basically had cooking classes. Mm. We we called it food food technology. So it it was a oh, class yeah. every week where every two weeks you'd cook something new, and then the other the second week of those two weeks you'd be doing like theory and other mm. kind of tasks. But every two weeks you would learn to cook something. You would get the recipe, do it at home. So that's really how I got into cooking. And then. Um, I think I was in sixth sixth grade or something mm. where we had this assignment where we had to basically cook a meal for our family. Oh, okay. Um, that's, and that's that, an interesting. that was in basically an assignment. We had to like document it and stuff, take pictures. Uh, I don't remember really how old what did you I cook? was. Um, so first of all, this assignment was basically just for your family, but I went a bit extra. I went over the top and I invited our neighbor's family Okay. So I ended up cook, cooking for nine people. The more the merrier. Mm-hmm. The more the merrier. Yeah, exactly. Um, ended up cooking for nine people, and I did a three course meal. Um, and I was kind of inspired by my brother because he also did that when he was that age and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't exactly remember what I cooked, but I know it was a three three course meal. And it was very, very delicious. And all I remember from that day is people really enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like really how I started getting into cook- cooking. And then I just cooked with you my still mom. You told me what you cooked. I said I don't remember what I cooked. Oh, I thought you just don't remember what your age was. No, no, I don't remember what I cooked. I was very young. I was like maybe fish and chips. Eight or nine. Yeah. No, no, it was a proper yeah, three-course yeah, yeah, yeah. three yeah. meal. Yeah. It was quite nice. Um, and then, I mean, I'd always cook here and there with my mom, cook dinner and stuff. That's good. Um, and now that I'm, now, since I've been at uni for four years, um, I've had that, like, culinary freedom to cook whatever I want. So I had this app that gave me three new recipes a day. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So I try out new recipes basically every day. Mm. Um, and that was very nice. Because it just meant I'd get a bit of variety and like different kinds of meals and stuff. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah, I'm quite intrigued by this course thing. I never had something like that. Oh, you mean like the, the one in, in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never had something like that. Although mm. I would have never thought that I would get into cooking that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so going back like to actually start cooking. Um, yeah. Yeah, I came into uni. Mm. Uh. And then I just kind of miss home, like the flavors from home. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just sort of thought, okay, well, I want to cook some stuff to share with uh, different people. Yeah. You know, to kind of like educate. Because like I, it, I, again, like food here, <laughs> UK food. It's a bit of a joke, <laughs> to yeah. be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are things they are good at. Yes. Like fish very and chips. Rare. But um, yeah. Um, for example, Chinese takeaways. Mm. Like I look at that and people say, oh yeah, Chinese takeaway, they're really good. I was intrigued. I was like, okay, let me give it a try. Yeah, yeah. Ordered it, not enough flavor, not enough, uh, just the looks aren't even good. Okay. We have something okay. called Ta Siu. 
Mm. It's like roasted pork. Yeah. And uh, back at home, it would only cost two pounds. Well, that's like back in primary school. But I'd say around three pounds to four pounds now mm. if you mm. buy it in Hong mm. Kong. But you'll get so juicy and fatty ones. But the ones here, they look artificially red. Really? Okay. Yeah. So like, cause like it's supposed to look a bit brownish red, like a little, little bit of charcoal-y kind of like look on the skin. Mm-hmm. But here they use really heavy artificial coloring. Okay. 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 And then it just looks, it's, 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 it looks lighter than blood color. Oh, wow. It's okay. that, you know, that artificial. Yeah. 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 So it's that drive and desire to kind of chase that taste back from home. Yeah, I do get that. And um, just to kind of, yeah, and ever since Elise, me and Lily's got together, I've just been showing her lots of different food from my home, Mm, mm. including, I don't think people eat rice enough here. Yeah, I don't really eat much rice, to be fair. I have a rice cooker and it's super useful. Yeah. Um... For the like, for example, for uh, Elise's family, she quite like they do rice quite regularly, mm. but they mm. don't, don't ever see the need to invest in the rice cooker, which I hugely disagree. Because to be fair, you can cook rice in fifteen minutes or not, not yeah, twenty ish, twenty ish minutes. Um, but they always come out a bit clump, clumpy and a bit. Too you mean gooey. you mean when you cook rice in like a in pot. a pot? Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, in a pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always like really bad. But somehow yeah. with a rice cooker, you're able to do like perfectly fluffed rice. Mm. And mm. Um, rice is really important to us. I think it's just yeah. like pasta to Europeans. I think. Yeah, we do like our pasta a lot. And it's not like you know, I we don't like pasta. Uh, how I describe it is. I think rice is a primary source because it's like contain. It's really easy to make, mm. and it could fill you up really easily. Plus, I like to describe rice as a empty canvas. Yeah, because you can add whatever sauce onto it, and then it basically provides a texture for you to chew on. And okay. you can yeah. you can eat the you can you can you can eat the sauce. Provided from the texture of rice, that's how I like to put it. I've never really thought about it that way, but that does make sense. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing of like missing home through your, through food is something I experience. I mean, for one thing, German bread is extraordinary, and there's like so much good German bread. And just, I mean, Nor Norwich maybe is an outlier because we have some bakeries here that are decent in bread baking. Yeah. Um, but. God, I miss German bread. Like, how's it like? I've never tried German bread actually. Unless I just, I'm just not aware of it. So if you if you just imagine, basically, a bakery in Germany will have at least twenty to thirty different kinds of bread. Mm. Um, so these are different types of wheats, different types of flavors and stuff. Um, and it just it's always freshly made there so so it's really nice and fresh and i've mm. not really found a bakery here that does that and i think ba- bakeries in germany are very different to the bakeries here because just feels a bit more uh, organic yeah, yeah 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 i mean i must say that i have found some or there's there's this new bakery um that popped up in norwich near the royal arcade i don't know if you've seen it Oh um, yeah, no, I remember. It, yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. like pastries and more or something. Wow. Okay. Um, and it looks good. It looks like 
basically French pastries and stuff, but mm. I've not seen bread there, and I was kind of disappointed because I was hoping with a new bakery there'd be new bread and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's gone to the point where I've sometimes made my own bread, mainly because I thought, okay, I, I can do this better than the bread that I can buy. Cause yeah. So in, in Germany, there's a difference between toast and normal bread. Okay. Toast is not classified as bread. And if you call toast bread, you you're just not, making a fool out of yourself. Yeah, you're yeah. you're not you're not necessarily offending a German, but like mm. they don't call toast bread. So yeah, like I mean, there are there are people that say toast is bread, and I I just disagree with that definitely. Mm. But um, so so in Germany, you need to make that clear distinction between toast and bread, because to us, bread is sourdough or what's known as sourdough here okay. so um basically every bread is sourdough or has some form of sourdough or some other kind of starter mm. um thing but yeah so i've made my own bread mainly to try and recreate that flavor just like you said by cooking dishes from home do you think you've been successful not really i think it's hard to bake bread as a student because i'm so busy and sometimes yeah. like bread takes a while to make I mean, the whole process of like letting it set and rise and stuff, oh, yeah. you need a warm spit a warm place. You need lots and lots of time. I mean, it takes yeah. at least like 12 hours and something to, mm. for that bread to rise and for that to be able to bake. Um, I did want to start bake, baking again. I haven't done it in a while. Mm. Um, I think it'd be nice to do. And if I have like a weekend or something to, do it and that'll last me a while it's quite nice mm. um but yeah i mean bread is something i really miss from germany mm. uh for me mm. i miss because i've actually achieved a lot of dishes that i missed yeah i say i would i was able to recreate it 80 to 80 to 90 percent of the original oh wow okay but some dish i just i can never get close yeah, um, yeah, I can tell you which ones. I've yeah. got three. Okay. So one's a uh, Gons Hao which is a Cantonese dish that it's called stir fry beef noodles. Okay. So okay. to begin with, the beef is marinated in such a way, and I think you use baking soda to make it really chewy. Mm, okay. But the only thing is that. You mean cornstarch? Baking, baking soda. Baking soda. Okay. So cornstarch coats the outside. Yeah. But baking soda actually makes it chewy. Okay. Yeah. In, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, in lots of like restaurants, they use baking soda to make the food more tender. Okay. Whereas cornstarch kind of have like that nice glaze over yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, as well as, uh, so yeah, that dish, it also consists of these flat rice noodles, I think is mm. what you call it. Um, but the thing is most people buy it fresh from the market. Yeah. Like pre-cooked, but like fresh and wet. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is I couldn't get, I can't get fresh noodles that's, yeah, you yeah. know, made. But uh, the best thing is flat rice noodle, but you have to let it soak instead of boil it. I've been mm. doing it with boiling. Yeah. And the last thing is because I don't have a hot enough wok and not enough oil mm. in my kitchen. Because if I do so much oil, it's going to be so like smoky. Yeah. And the ventilation is my, in my room is not exactly that well as yeah, well. Yeah, they're not, they're not well ventilated rooms. Yeah. Cantonese cooking use a huge uh, fire 
like huge heat and fire base. It's a lot about firepower. Yeah. So you can have, we have like roast pigs, mm. which has ovens up to 600 degrees just to roast it. Oh, wow. Um, That's hot. Yeah. Uh, my second dish is uh, katsudong. Mm. So what it is, it's a Japanese dish where it's a uh, deep fried pork, but with like a sauce that's like kind of sweet and savory in the same time. Oh, okay. So it's like egg as well, coated. Yeah, yeah, okay, I just okay. could not get the sauce right. Yeah. That's the toughest uh, part of the dish, I think. Yeah. But otherwise, I nailed it. Um, and the, le- the last one is the hardest one, mm. which is omu rice. Mm. So it's literally, if you've seen uh, really skillful chefs, yeah, they have a really hot ass pan, uh, and then you they pour like these filtered uh, egg batter as well. Yeah, it's not no, sorry, not not egg batter, but you know, kind of like egg. They pour it in, mm. and the inside is raw, but okay. the outer is like like an omelet. You place it on top of the rice. Yeah, and they slice it in the middle ever so like cleanly, mm. Mm. and then it just kind of unfolds like a flat flour. Oh wow! Nice. And then inside is still raw, and you pour like a demi glace sauce and something like that. Okay, and it just so beautiful add a bit of a what is it called parsley on top beautiful dish so it's very very meat heavy and not very much vegetables yeah like the cantonese diet yeah uh Mm. cantonese um we're not big on vegans or vegetarian dishes Mm. lots of our classic dishes must like has meat in it Mm -hmm. okay yeah so that's why a lot of people say, you know, they go to Asia or Japan even. Because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I go to Japan, but there's no vegan option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you, do you have a favorite dish um, from back home? Ooh, that's tough. That's a lot of dishes to choose from. Yeah, but say, say you could only eat your favorite dish for mm. the rest of your life. What would you choose? <laughs> I would say katsudong. Okay. So the, okay, the, pork, yeah. but the, the pork chop one. Okay. Yeah. The sauce is just right, but that's mm. a Japanese dish. <laughs> um, if it's just from Canto cuisine, yeah, I would say I'm considering what is healthier as well, mm. so I don't mm. die from too much oil, because <laughs> we use a lot of oil. Um, mm. as simple as it is, a good Yangzhou fried rice, I think. Mm. But I also try to make a Yangzhou fried rice. Usually, it's really easy. Uh, shrimp, spring onion, chasu, mm. mm. and rice. The only problem is I don't have enough firepower in my room. Oh, okay. So you don't get the your, wok. Your hop doesn't get hot enough. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. I don't get the wok hay. Yeah. Have you heard of wok hay? No. So I've, wok hay is like, so you season the wok mm. and it gets so hot to the point where you marinate the kind of like the wok itself. Yeah. 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 And it's so hot to the point where you have a charcoal smell in the rice okay okay and i can't achieve it with in my kitchen because i don't have enough firepower yeah but if you go on the streets in hong kong like they don't issue license anymore for uh these so there's a type of restaurant called uh, dai pai dong mm. and you eat on the street and usually you have a really high temperature gas uh, stove outside yeah and they don't issue it anymore because I, I, I don't know what gas they use as well because it reaches really high temperature. I'll okay, fact okay. check this at the end. But um, yeah, they don't give out licenses anymore. So it's just really hard to get good, you mm, know, mm. to get that perfect um, tint of charcoalness in the rice. Yeah, yeah. 
So they're like charred. Exactly. Charred, like so, taste, yeah. So the fried rice here in UK and Hong Kong, I don't think there's a match. There's not even yeah, a competition. It, it is very different, yeah. Yeah, because I think um, to me, Europe or UK uh, takes the elegance or like delicacy into mm. cooking, I feel mm. like. A lot is a lot about it is patience, making sure the measurements are right. Yeah. Whereas we love our flavor a lot. We just sauce, sauce. Um, yeah, yeah. Different salt, heavy flavors, heavy power, and just on the on the plate, it's hot, steaming, very yeah. you know, just nice. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a do you have a dish that you would have for the rest of your life? That is a good question. I mean, I I kind of shot myself in the foot there because I knew you'd ask me that. <laughs> um, it's only fair. Yeah, I mean it is, but so uh, there's there's two dishes I really like. Um, I think the one I choose to eat for the rest of my life is called Schupfnudeln um, with sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of that before? No, explain. So, so they're basically like a type of noodle that you cannot get anywhere else but Germany. Mm. And they're like these um, little, I'll say worm shaped. Okay. They're shaped like a worm, but like a fat worm, basically. Um, and I think they're also made from potato. I'm not sure. We'll oh. fact check that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be like like gnocchi, which is also potato, dumpling yep. kind of thing. But they're they're quite tasty, and then you 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 have it with like soured cabbage kind of thing. Oh, okay. I think that's what sauerkraut is. Mm. Um, some people have it with bake, bacon. Again, if you're if you eat meat, some people will have it vegetarian. Mm. Um, but I think I really enjoy that, and I've missed that. So, like, I I can't find it in any shop here. I've tried to look for it because I've always wanted to make it, but yeah. like. You can't find them in any shop. They're like Germany specific. Mm. But I think that would be the meal I'd choose to eat for the rest of my life if I okay. could only eat one. Mm. Sounds sounds really nice though. It is quite nice. I'm, I wish I could make it for you once, but we don't have the stuff here unless yeah. we import it. Yeah. Um, an interesting kind of thing popped in my head. Yeah. Uh, so I was talking to... Um, you about no we had dinner on friday yeah. as well yeah yeah we did and uh i made him filipino spaghetti yeah, yeah. what do you think of it first of all and then i'll tell this i'll tell the people what it is it's very interesting and i think we can talk about the fact that there's a lot of like well there is some beef in it and some art artificial meat yeah. um and i'm not a big meat eater so for me to be honest, that was kind of overwhelming meat-wise. Yeah. Like two different kinds of meat. It was a lot. Um, I mean, we we didn't really have spaghetti. We had to yeah. use other noodles. Um, it was tasty and I liked it. I enjoyed it. But it's not something I'd have like often. Oh, no, not me as well. It's kind of like one, like at most once a month thing to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. So people don't know what Filipino spaghetti mm. is. Excuse me. What it is is essentially normal tomato kind of sauce. Mm, yeah. But the Italians will kill me. Uh, we add ketchup in it. 
Yeah. And we it also have uh, we also have uh, artificial sausages in it. Hot dogs. Hot yeah, hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the reason why it's kind of like uh, ketchup is because it's meant to be a bit more sweet. Okay. So because of the sugar, I mean, ketchup yeah. is mainly just sugar and yeah. tomato. So so it is. Uh, the official thing uses banana ketchup. Which yeah. I've never tried before and we can't Which find it here, I think. You've said and like I can't really imagine banana ketchup. It seems kind of very weird to have. Mm. Um but who knows, maybe it is good. Yeah, and you don't know until you tried it. Yeah. Like for I thought, for most things, yeah. Yeah. And I thought bacon and bacon and honey or syrup is kind of a weird combo, but I really enjoyed it. Ba- bacon and honey. Yeah. Or syrup. Oh, you mean like on like pancakes and stuff? No, not even just on its own bacon and something like okay. syrup or whatever. But yeah, anyways, um, yeah, you add ketchup, you add really a shit ton of sugar in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it becomes this kind of really sweet tomato sauce. And uh, yeah, the artificial sausage gives it a nice little chewy texture to it, I think. See, I think it was for me, it was missing the vegetables, but yeah, I just we did do onion, but yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, but on, is onion on, onion counts onion counts as a vegetable? But I meant something green. green. I meant, okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, I meant like peppers or whatever. Okay. Um, see, I've grown up in a household that has a lot of like, um, a lot of vegetables in the diet. So like, my mom would always go shopping and spend most of her time in the fresh fruit and fresh veg section mm. and would. Basically, that was the basis of the diet and then rice or pasta or potatoes or whatever was like the base plus mm. vegetables and stuff. Sometimes meat, back when we all ate meat, I mean, I am pescatarian. I did eat meat then and I do do some exceptions where I eat meat, like when when friends cook for me or something or I go out or something and a friend pays or whatever. I won't be fussy about it. Yeah. Um, it's fine. But... It's not like I need meat, and that's why um, I'm pescatarian. I mean, I like fish, and I think fish is a good source of protein and other minerals and vitamins. Um, but what do you think of sushi, then? Just curious. I love sushi. It's good. I love sushi. There's a there's a really good sushi place here in Norwich called Matane. I'm sure you know it. Um, yeah, I think that's the most for- forgiving sushi that I can have here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I've had... <laughs> I've had sushi in Japan. Yeah, That's of course. Yeah. You can't beat that, obviously. Mm. But matane is probably the closest to what it is. It's still not fresh enough to me. Okay. Because, sorry, I'm just going to go off topic for a second. Yeah. Uh, One time, I think it was in 2018, one of my friends, I went to Japan on a solo trip. Mm. My friend uh, took me into his house just to stay for a few nights. Yeah. His dad is a sushi chef. I don't, I think okay. I've told you, I don't know if I told you this before, but no, his no. dad is a sushi chef. One morning, we woke up at 6 a.m. just to go to his restaurant. Oh, okay. And it's beside the fish market. So Oh, so it's like really, really fresh. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So That um, sounds good. Uh, they have fish markets, which yeah. they go on auction. They sell the tuna for the yeah, day. Yeah. And then, you know, restaurants take it back. And then they cut different cuts of, different cuts of the fish. Mm. Um, I had it with a bit of wasabi. They do, like, it's not a choice. Like, they snuck it. I wouldn't, no, they don't snuck it. But they place it in between the rice and the fish on top. Yeah. And I'm not sure because a lot of wasabi out there, well, quotation wasabi. It's not real wasabi. It's horseradish, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just horseradish. And and all I know about wasabi is the actual wasabi is like a white plant. 
mm. and not green. The green yeah. is actually just basically coloring and like horseradish. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the times in what's sold as wasabi, there's not actually much wasabi in there. Yeah, and it's not like it's not that just pure spiciness. Yeah, it's actually a really if you had real wasabi, it's just really fresh thing, but it had a kick to it. It's but not real like, real wasabi is hella expensive, isn't it? I believe so. It's, I thought yeah. I thought like a wasabi plant is really expensive, and that's why yeah. they don't put much wasabi in because it would cost a yeah. fortune. So yeah, it's I think it's just, it's kind of like truffle. I think they add a small amount, but you can really taste it. Mm, mm. So yeah, I had a really fresh piece of uh, sushi. Yeah, I believe it's called. I don't think it's nigiri, but something like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just woke me up. Because the fish is so like nicely cold, mm. and it's not just cold. You can feel the meat of the fish mm. just melt in your mouth, and it's just so nice. I like fish. Yeah, yeah. No, I do like sushi. But um, coming back to the Filipino spaghetti, mm. um, yeah, for me it lacked a bit of vegetables and like freshness. Like yeah. it all seemed very meat heavy. But then again, I mean. You cook for me, it's your culture. And yeah. as we discussed earlier, it is a very meat heavy like cuisine. Yeah. So in regards to that, I did like it. Okay. But yeah, as I said, it's not something I'd eat often. Out of ten? I give it a solid eight. Oh, that's pretty high actually. Yes. Seven, eight. Yeah. Um, something like that. I mean, it was tasty, but again, yeah, it lacked freshness for me from like fresh veg or something like that. <laughs> Two days later, I actually got a complaint from an Italian. Really? Yeah, she, she told me not to go back, go to Italy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think like there's another thing I want to mention because yeah. um, I cooked something called a white sauce. Like, you know, the, the French white sauce. What do you mean? In French, they have a sauce that's like called white sauce. I don't know what the French term is, but it's okay. kind of like uh, milk and a bit of like broth. I don't know what broth is, but Mm-mm. in Hong Kong, we also have white sauce, but we make it with kind of like chicken powder, I think. Okay. So it's got more like a salty artificial taste. To yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And that leads me to my next discussion, which I wanted to mention, is mm. that I think that food in Hong Kong... Yeah, it's more artificial. Yeah, because okay. we were having a conversation earlier about how you don't like artificial stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like the hot dogs we had in the Filipino spaghetti; those were very artificial, and that's not really mm. that's not really my taste. I grew up on freshness again, and like that's the opposite of fresh in my eyes. It's just basically a eight sausages or whatever in brine in a glass jar. But I threw away the sausage when I after I left. So sad. It's <laughs> it's our artificial sausage. It's not like I like it. Yeah. Okay. But you grew up with it. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Like the only reason we bought it was because you wanted it in that dish, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll give it yeah. a try. But yeah. Um, we use a lot of artificial stuff. Um, mm. I take pride in this, but I am the number seventh. Spam consumer in Norway. <laughs> See, I've never had spam, but I I can just thinking about it. I'm I can tell it's 
It's probably, I mean, like, you'd probably like it, but you grew up on artificial stuff. Mm. I don't think I'd very much like it. Because mm. it's, it's just a block of artificial meat in a can. Yeah. Like that, that alone does not, is not very appetizing to me. Appetizing to me would be fresh fruits, fresh veggies with whatever. Like, in, in the mornings, I like, I like to have some Greek yogurt with fresh fruits and honey and stuff like that's very fresh and stuff I'm, yeah. I'm not saying you'd have artificial meat in the morning oh, no, you but might I do. do but oh but you I do. Do. I do okay <laughs> so yeah see see how our breakfast compare yeah what's what's your typical breakfast in germany oh um that so say you went to a hotel and got like a german breakfast mm. or um for example i talked about the hikes and stuff in the first episode and you, we got breakfast there as well. There are very yeah. typical German breakfasts, which is basically a selection of cheeses and meats um, and just basically bread. Yeah. Okay. So so you you just have a cold breakfast of right. just bread with butter and cheese or jam or whatever. Um, I don't really do that much here. That's also, well, I do it, but as a dinner version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something else we do in Germany quite a lot is if we can't be asked to cook, we just do bread with cheese and whatever, yeah. and more meat. Um, but here, my typical breakfast would be like cereal or yogurt with fruit and stuff. Yeah. Trying to always have something fresh in there, you know? See, um, when I was in Switzerland, yeah, every morning we would have bread. Mm-hmm. And then with either some, just like yeah, just fruits or like cheese or yeah, just really healthy. I, that's what I would call a white girl's breakfast. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's very light usually. Yeah, it is very light, but it's fresh. It's light. It gets you started in the day. Yeah. See, for us, um, should I keep burping? Um, in Hong Kong. Yeah. The the work, well, again, referring back to the uh, work-life balance thing, mm-hmm. it's always like, oh, get it done, a meal, as I mentioned before. Uh, yeah. A meal is just a, something to get by instead of enjoy. But I think what happens is they try to make it as good as possible so you can enjoy this kind of like chore as well. Okay. If you get what I mean. Uh, in Hong Kong, we have something called cha chan tang, like the type of restaurant. Mm. And it's a typically... Uh, like whatever you want, yeah. just order it, and it's mainly noodles or you don't eat rice that much in the morning. Just noodles. Okay. it's mainly noodles. You got flat noodles, instant noodle, or yeah. uh, rice noodle. So kind different kinds of noodle. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They have set menus like oh, you can have egg and toast, you can have scrambled eggs and toast, or like yeah, ham, yeah. whatever. But a lot of it is customizable. Okay. So on the menu, you can say oh A B C D E uh, set. For example, mm-hmm. A will always be ham and macaroni with like a broth with a toast or a drink. Yeah. And B would be oh a winter vegetable with like meat, minced mm-hmm. meat or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can pretty much freestyle it. I usually like to do ham and egg, which is still artificial ham. Yeah. But we have this ham. It's quite interesting because we have this ham, uh, artificial. But when you mix it into an omelet, it creates such a nice kind of taste to it. I think it's just kind of the oil from the ham. It's it's the same as minced pork. If you mix the minced pork oil into an omelet, it kind of creates a new 
taste. And if you're interested, you can give it a try. But do you not do you not prefer an omelet with like fresh veggies and stuff? No. Really? I cannot get by that in my head. Like to me, what you've just described sounds awful if I'm honest. Yeah, no, like, no, that's me, okay, yeah. To me, an omelet is only an omelet if it has fresh tomato, fresh peppers, right. whatever. Maybe some chili, maybe some whatever, and then cheese. Like that to me is a good omelette. Mm. Like that, what you've described, artificial ham and stuff. Yeah. I'm 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 just like, okay, but where where are you where are you getting your minerals and vitamins from? Because our, our artificial meat won't really have that, right? Mm. So like I don't I don't understand where you get your vitamins and minerals. Maybe I just don't. I don't know. Um, have you ever done like a test to see how well no, fed you are? No. Yeah. Might be worth it sometime. Yeah. Just just to double check because it, it might might cause problems mm-hmm. um, no, in, in your future. But again, it's just something to get by. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, process like a artificial or processed meat is like already done. So instead of spending time to cook something, mm. you just have it ready, like the fast. So Hong Kong, we have this uh, restaurant called the Australian Dairy Meal Company. Okay. Uh, you order, it comes within fif- 15 to 30 seconds, yeah. like the meal, because okay. it's pre-cooked already. Mm. Mm. And you order it and then it just comes onto your table and then you eat it, done. 20 yeah. minutes is the whole experience. Oh, wow. So you 20 minutes. 20 minutes, within 20 minutes, you eat and then fast. you get kicked out. Um, yeah, it's okay. it's not even like a Karen's Diner thing where they pretend to be like that. It's just mm. it is the culture and it, it is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I pretty much grew up with artificial food. Again, like to the to the Western audiences, I think this sounds a bit too uh, awful. Yeah, could be it does because in my head, the European view is always about freshness. It's always about authenticity. It's always about that you know natural ingredient like whole foods basically yeah i mean you're right but at, at the same time like i'm a i'm what you call a west western yeah. and yeah i've grown up on that and that's kind of my food philosophy if mm. that's what you can call it um but at the same time i respect that you grew up yeah. the way you did you grew up on artificial foods and that's just what you call comfort food or, yeah it's or not like that's um, your comfort food versus my comfort food is yeah. a lot of fresh stuff a lot of veggies and stuff like that it's not like i'm judging you, you know? no 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 we're it, not judging like, if you like it, it you just, like it yeah exactly but i'm just explaining this is how i grew up but this this is why i think it's good that we cook for each other because yeah. we we both get exposed to our different cultures and mm. we see firsthand what it's like eating whatever the other person yeah. basically makes yeah, because um, it's always good to try different cuisine. Mm. And mm. I have had this conversation with my girlfriend as well. I said, yeah. maybe I just haven't had, mo- like, maybe I just haven't had enough European food to get a say, like to get a feel of what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because you okay. cannot define a cuisine, if you get what I mean. Yeah. You technically can, but you cannot just define what it is. If you go, yeah. Mm, mm, um, yeah. And I simply just have not had enough uh, European food in Europe. So let me ask you this then. Okay. When you went to Switzerland twice, um, 
did you miss your own cuisine? Did you miss your own food? Or did you come to like the cuisine in Switzerland? I didn't miss it. Okay. There are once or twice where we had Vietnamese pho. Yeah. But um, most of the time we're eating... Like like I look like you said like cheese and bread. I mm. I had cheese fondue, which is quite a tourist thing to do. Well, I think locals do that as well, but yeah, yeah, not an often thing to do. I had cheese fondue. I liked it, but would I have it uh, again and again and again? No, really? it's okay. it's nice, okay. but it's again like it is what it is. It's yeah. kind of heavy yeah. as well. I mean, it's it's different cultures, and that's just what yeah. Switzerland or German or Austrians. I mean, I think like I think you guys prefer the simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas... Although, although you could argue it's not only sim- simplistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple. Um, our food is not only simple. Our food is just fresh. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's like... It feels like it's built around simplicity. It's in its own beauty. That's how I see it, at least. Okay, okay. Like bread, cheese, a bit of ham, and a bit of, like, potato and vegetables. That's how I, you know... Criterized. Okay, yeah. That's I mean, how I ca- categorize. Yeah, but that's know. that's just basically the dish we do whenever, well, and for breakfast sometimes and then for dinner, if we can't be asked to cook or if we don't want to cook, that's something we do. Like at home, usually my mom cooked every night and we cook the warm meal because um, yeah. you usually at lunch, we just have bread and stuff yeah. just to keep us going basically. Um but then in the evening, we'd have a proper meal. I mean, there are certain meals like typical Christmas meals or something that are bigger. I mean, again, that's Christmas and you could ar- argue the meal is bigger anyway because of holidays and stuff. Yeah. But um, there's this meal in Germany we do, which is Kartoffelklöße mit um, Rotkohl and like, yeah, it's, well, tradi- traditionally it's done with meat. Okay. Um, but it's basically these potato dumplings um, with red cabbage, pick, pickled red cabbage, mm. um, and then meat, pork, mm. um, which is really good. And you could argue that's not simple. Like mm. a lot of stuff goes into that. Now Nowadays you can buy the dough for the potato dumplings separately, but like yeah. back in my grandma's day and stuff, she would make... She would spend the whole day making that dough from scratch from potatoes and stuff. And like, that's not simple because that takes half a day, a whole day to make. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's all very precise and kind of like. Exactly. Exactly. Taking your time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Talking about family dinners, I think Mm. a good, you know, a good family dinner for us is a a plate of vegetables, which I never touch. (laughs) Okay. Um. But yeah, I never liked vegetable that much, actually. And I think uh, one of the reasons why is because growing up, I've eaten it in such a bland way. Okay. Like my parents or my family would always just steam it or blanch Mm -hmm. it without Mm -hmm. any seasoning on top. Okay, okay. Maybe that has put me off of it. Whereas for the past two years, I've kind of gotten to like onion, garlic, and I think... Elise's family kind of fried the peas in such mm. a nice, like, charcoal way mm. to the point where I actually quite like it. Mm. Mm. So I think it's just the, how it's been prepped leading yeah, me yeah. to have that a bad a impression. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I think prep work in the kitchen can make such a difference. Yeah. I think 
what I enjoy most about cooking is the prep work because mm. yeah, if like it takes a while, yes, but if you do the prep work properly, then your meal will come out great and you will really enjoy it. I mean, oh, yeah. the actual cooking part doesn't really take that long. It's mainly the prep work. Um, oh, and yes, yeah. yes, there are times where I've had a long day at work or something and I don't really want to cook that evening or something. So I put a um, pizza in the oven or something. Mm. But I've kind of realized it's not that hard to make pizza yourself. So I've done that a few times now and it tastes just so much better because it's like oh, yeah, fresher. The, the dough is so nice. The when dough you is really good. Yeah, the dough. Um, just it. There's some something about homemade things that mm. are just much better than store-bought. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because we never use an oven at home. Really? Yeah. Uh, ovens are not not a big thing. Not even dishwasher as well. I mean, dishwasher I get, but yeah, this is one of the big reasons why I actually chose St. Crispin's house to live here. Um, is because the kitchens have an oven, and it bothered me so much to live in Crown without a proper oven. Like we mm. we had the microwave oven, which you still have which kind of works as an oven. And I really use the as much as I can as an oven. It has that convection mode or whatever. Um, but like, I've been so much happier with having this proper oven that just mm. works like a proper oven. Um, and that's pretty much the thing that sold me on living here. I mean, it, it would have been the same if Crown, if Crown had an oven in the rooms, I yeah. would probably have stayed there, maybe because it's easy and convenient. Mm. But just the fact that here they had ovens yeah. made it a bit better for me. But that's also because I grew up with a lot of things that were put in the oven. A lot of meal yeah. prep was done in the oven. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, because you, well, you mentioned about baking as well. So yeah. I think the oven is like mostly for baking anyways. Exactly. exactly. I mean, cooking, yeah, a lot in the oven, but baking, I mean... We've talked yeah. previously about how I love my baking and stuff. Um, an oven is just such a lifesaver when baking. And I mean, like last year when I did my bachelor's project in my lab and stuff, I pretty much baked every week for the lab mainly because I really enjoyed baking. And, and it was also nice to basically share those baking skills. And I think I've gotten really good at baking through doing it pretty much every week. Mm. I don't do it as much now because I'm busier. Yeah. But for me, baking is just also a stress relief. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. Because, yeah, talking about, like, going back to prepping as well. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I really like the process. Mm. And uh, I, I I wouldn't call myself a knife enthusiast. Mm. It's just making me sound like a murderer. But <laughs> um, I, each year, I kind of buy a knife. Mm. Mm. Uh, like the first year I came here, okay, I bought a Sainsbury standard knife. It was kind of yeah. whack. Can't even cut like it would slide onto your hand if you were cutting an onion. Oh, okay. Um, and then my my I bought like a pink kind of ceramic. Is it what it is? Like a my uh, uh, I don't know what it is. Like a plastic knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't really work as well. So the third year I actually had to, <laughs> I had to order a knife on Amazon. Okay. But I. Pretty much ordered it. I do my research whenever I buy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I followed this uh, cooking channel on YouTube. Mm. It's called June's Cooking. And he has like a whole selection of knife. Yeah. But I'm into Japanese blade a lot. And I really like the sharpness of it. 
I mean, Japanese knives are known to be yeah. really, really high quality and really good, like Damascus knives and mm. stuff like that. So, yeah, I bought that one really satisfied with the blade. But uh, this year I went to Japan and I thought, mm. okay, uh, there's like a the, there's like a kitchen utensils street. Yeah. Specific, specifically selling for uh, just the whole street selling kitchen stuff. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I heard about you can get your name engraved on the knife, which mm. I've always wanted to. So mm. I did that. Uh, the knife is about this long. I don't know how long it is. I think, let's just say 25 cm, yeah, I would say, which yeah. is quite a big knife. It is quite long, yeah. Um, big, big blade. And uh, I got to say, like, different knives has its own uh, stats. Um, yeah, I see I see what you mean. Different knives have different uses. Yeah. Some is really good for, like, chopping or slicing. Mm, mm. But, like... Like, for example, my smaller knife that I bought in the second year, which is the Japanese blade I ordered from Amazon. Yeah. That's really good for, um, like, straight down stuff. Okay, okay. Like, for example, uh, cutting onion, like, you know, yeah, chopping yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like the big blade, well, also it's because of the handle. The handle is built differently. Mm. So with the big blade, when I try to do the same motion, cutting the onion, like, up and down, up and down. Yeah. Uh, it just irritates my palm a bit. Because mm, of the grip. Mm, mm. But when it comes to slicing, that performs a lot better than my Amazon knife. Okay. So, and I even even bought like a grid stone for like sharpening knives uh, yeah, as yeah. well. I was, I was going to ask how often do you sharpen your knives? Um, not that often because it really just stays sharp for a good time. Really? Okay. A good long time. Okay. But sometimes like, like, like one night I feel like, oh, the knife is not dull. And then suddenly the next day magically you feel sharper for some reason so i've read this thing online where that says you're supposed to basically sharpen your knife every like before and after every use okay um to like ba basically maintain that sharpness of the knife yeah. and so i did that for a while i didn't really find a difference yeah um so now i do it maybe once a month um which might even be not enough really um I just do it whenever I feel like it's dull. I think that's good enough. Yeah. So so there's a test I I, I do, which is just basically taking a plain sheet of paper and just yeah, yeah. basically sliding it along, seeing how sharp it is, if it'll cut the paper or not without tearing it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you know that. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I did it once with the Sainsbury knife. Yeah. I sharpened it. It was, <laughs> it's so weird because I'm able to slice it left really clean, but when it sliced the other side, it doesn't work. Okay. So it's kind of like uneven. But is is that because you only sharpen one side of I the blade or both? I, sharp, I sharpened both. But okay, I think what okay. happened is because I think in on the gridstone, yeah. you're meant to keep a consistent 15 degree angle. Okay. Okay. And that's like my first few times. So I haven't got used to the Yeah, yeah, the yet. angle and everything. And I've yeah. watched so many different YouTube videos, which says different stuff. Like, for example, one's like, oh, straightforward, straightforward, like straight back, straight back. One's like, oh, rotated a bit, rotated a bit. So I haven't, you know, decided on what yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. So um I'd say right now I want to get back into sharpening it. But again, mm. like my knives are sharp enough. I don't feel the need I need to do it anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we could start a cooking show and I'm sure people will watch it. We we combined we have quite a bit of knowledge on cooking. Yeah. So, watch me watch me put uh, ketchup on spaghetti. <laughs> let let us know if you want a Justin and Rafi cooking show. Yeah. Um we might we might make some special content together. Mm. Um But yeah, I mean, 
I think I think hooking is a is such a like vast thing to talk about. There's mm. so much and there's so much we can still learn. I mean, I have a I mentioned this um the first thing, first yeah. episode. I have a class coming up in May. Um which the fact that it's booked out until May is That's a good crazy. sign. Um it's it's a while because yeah, exactly. May, May is still quite far. Um but at the same time it's a good sign and I'm very excited to learn something completely brand new to me Indian cuisine I don't really cook a lot of in Indian mm. but this is like really authentic Indian at least I've been told and I think so mm. um so I am looking forward to like expanding my horizons and mm. play playing around and experimenting with new ways to cook and different cuisines and stuff so I might pick up a few skills here and there yeah um, I think over the years what I've learned yeah is the different sauces Mm. Well, this is something I want to tell the world as well. Um, soy sauce doesn't mean Japanese soy sauce only. There's not only one soy sauce. Yeah. And uh, what I often see is people say, oh, yeah, I need some soy sauce in my, in my rice. Mm. But what soy sauce are you talking, talking about? So I introduced you to a, kind of a new soy sauce as well. It's, it's yeah. really common in Chinese cooking. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, called light soy sauce. The one that's a bit like sweeter. Yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. as salty because if yeah, yeah, most exactly. people refer soy sauce as the Japanese soy sauce. Yeah, the one that's like very salty, very overpowering. Which is only appropriate in Japanese rice. And okay. when I say Japanese rice, I mean with the salt and rice vinegar and sugar. So like sushi rice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. But, yeah. But a lot of people just don't know what the difference between different kinds of soy sauce. Yeah. But I, th I think that's also the case of a lot of people that are not Asian knowing the difference because yeah. we've basically grow grown up with that one Japanese yeah. version of soy sauce, whereas you have probably grown up with different kinds of soy yeah. sauce and that's why you're, you know more about that, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I'll just quickly briefly say, mm. say this. So we have light soy sauce, dark soy sauce. Yeah. Uh, not a soy sauce, but oyster sauce. Mm. You've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have. We also have um, Maggi seasoning. And you claim it was German. Maggi, yeah. Maggi. I call it Maggi. So I've I've grown up with it and it, I know it's Maggi. And um, I think Maggi is from Germany. We'll fact check that. But I think it's actually from Switzerland. Could that, be. I did Could look it be. up before. I think it's from Switzerland. Could be. Um, we'll we'll check and we'll yeah. let the viewers know. But, so um, there's that, but we use it a lot in Cantonese cooking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like it's a really good sauce to go with uh, rice when you're uh, just can't think of anything to add. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, I've always seen magi as basically just being a bunch of sugar and some spices. Right. But okay. Like I have used that, and the way I the way my family uses it is when we make soups, we use that magi sauce basically to mm. enhance the soup in a way so i've i've grown up with it in soups yeah okay and that's like what maggi is in my head we use it for marinating meat as okay. well as just on rice really okay okay uh it is very salty though isn't it yeah and i like it's it's not exactly kiko man soy sauce yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah nicer yeah. in a way yeah yeah because uh uh this is a really simple dish but eggs like a sunnig on rice and then mm. a bit of maji on top mm. Mm. and then it makes a great meal already. Mm. So yeah, um, like that's one of uh, my lazy meals as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were saying uh, how you 
if you're lazy, you just put a pizza in the oven. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. For me, if I'm lazy, I just like do a not pot noodle. God, like forbid, like pot noodles. That's a yeah, major yeah. crime. Pot noodle is shit. <laughs> it's so bad because like the first time I had it, it was like yeah. chicken broth, and chicken broth is meant to be good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's it just tasted like water. Thing is, the only time I've really had pot noodles was when I moved into Crown and when I yeah. moved into here because they had those like star starter oh, yeah, packs, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. always come with like one or two pot noodle packs, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, I never buy this because one, it's ultra processed, and two, it's artificial seasoning yeah. and flavoring. And I mean, we've just talked about this. I've yeah. grown up with freshness. Like that does not appeal to me. Yeah. Um. For pot noodle. Yeah. If I actually like, I would only eat it when I was when I'm in my lowest of lows. Okay. Uh. If I'm still, if I'm just feeling like, kind of, uh, tired, I mm. would record. I would just boil some udon. Uh, udon is like this kind of thick, white noodle. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you tried it before. No, I've had udon mm. before. Yeah. Um. Or just like instant noodle. Mm. And then I would always do uh, spam or some, like just an egg on top. Mm, mm. Like it's just an easy put on a pan thing. Yeah. See, the other easy thing I do is just bread with cheese again. Like yeah. it, it's a very, I mean, German or Western thing to do, but it's it's so easy because like I, I usually see that I have bread in the freezer or something that I can just like put in the microwave to thaw or like on the thaw mm. setting. Um and then just have that, and then that's quite easy because I'll always have cheese, I'll always have butter, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and if I'm if I come home and I've had a long day, it's just easy to do that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I I talking about butter. Like I only yeah. use it for sauces for butter. Okay. okay, not not bread at all. Yeah, but um, what's funny is after use I use it on the sauce. I pretty much don't touch it for the rest of the week. Until butter. I have another sauce that I want to make. Oh, okay. So recently I bought butter because I wanted to make banana bread, mm. which I did make. Banana bread's good. But I didn't touch the butter afterwards. Okay. Oh, when I say I didn't touch it, I mean I didn't use it. That's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's me uh, directly translating from Cantonese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, a lot of the stuff I use is pretty, like, pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah, as well as artificial. I think that's what we've concluded from this conversation. Yeah, I think I think from this conversation we've understood that Canto cuisine is very artificial heavy, whereas German cuisine is very fresh and yeah. like freshly made stuff, bread, yeah. whatever. A lot of veggies. I mean, when I go shopping here, I spend a lot of the time in the fresh fruit and veggie section. Yeah, as my mother, where I just to. walk past it. I would yeah, only see, buy spring onion if I okay. were to do so. Okay. Or, or and mushrooms. Yeah. I really like my mushrooms, but we don't Mushrooms are enough. good, yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh Asian cuisine use it enough. Mm. Not like not not white button mushrooms. You mean like the brown closed cup or whatever? Not even that. Like we don't use those enough. Mm. Whereas like I think we use uh enoki for a hot pot. Mm. The the really tiny, small yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Or just yeah. like shiitake, mm. which is really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's fine to have def- differences in diet. I mean, that's part of culture, right? Um, talking about diet or cuisine, what do you think about British food? Oh, British food that you've now like 
experience as you've lived here for four years? See, one of the reasons why, again, like one of the reasons why I keep cooking myself is because I can, there's not enough British food. Like there's an ongoing joke saying, oh, do you want some British food? Ah, some nice British cuisine is Chinese food. There's like a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's there's the same thing with Indian food, right? There's there's an Indian, but there's a British. Indian. But there's a British yeah. Indian, and a British Indian is very much like butter chicken and that kind yeah. of stuff, which is, again, I I I'd say that's very artificial, mm. um, compared to proper Indian, which is like using really nice spices and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so this cooking course I have is like the proper Indian, not not just British yeah. Indian. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, well, Americans do this as well for the mm, sake of mm. like Western, appe- uh, what's the word? Western appealing this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they change it up a bit. So I don't know if you noticed this, whenever you go to a Chinese restaurant, there will always be chips and nuggets. Yeah. 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 So that's just to, you know, appeal to Westerners a bit more. Okay. okay. But then you also have those stereotypical ones like egg fried rice where, Yes, there is egg fried rice, but it's not a thing. Like, it's really not, like, a big thing yeah. back at home. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, yeah. the most basic fried rice is Yangzhou fried rice, I think. Mm. But egg fried rice is simply not a thing back home. What's that Yangzhou egg, egg fried rice? So, Yangzhou fried rice, you mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, um, again, chasu, which is a roasted meat, mm. some shrimps, some uh, spring onion, yeah. some rice. Okay. And then you, you fry it you just under mix high, that and then fry it under high heat, you get that charcoaly taste to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the most basic one I would call it. Okay. But egg fried rice is simply not a staple dish from us. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a very like westernized dish. Mm. Same as uh, chicken balls. Like what someone when I was working in a Chinese restaurant before Someone came up to me. Oh, do you have any chicken balls? If I don't, if I don't, have, if there's no chicken balls, I'm not eating here. I'm like, that's not a Chinese cuisine. Mm, mm. Same as a f- fortune cookie. That's American thing. That's imposed on yeah, Chinese culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which you know, when someone like uh, grocery stores here in like China, like Asian grocery store, they also sell fortune cookies, which yeah, I, yeah. I just don't like it because it just basically means. Promoting this Oriental slash Westernized sense of what Chinese culture is. Yeah, it's is. a it's a stere- stereotype. Exactly. Um, that's not necessarily true. If you walk into a single restaurant in China, Hong Kong, or you know, just in general, you won't see anything like that. Mm, mm. They'll just like look at you weird, like what the fuck is a fortune yeah, yeah. cookie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, yeah. I, th- I don't really know what else to say. Yeah. Shall we Shall we maybe take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a break. Um, and then come back. Alright, see you later. Oh, see you later, guys. Thank you. Welcome back, guys. We're back after the break. Welcome back. Yeah, so food. Food was today's big um, thing. Do you reckon I can catch this? Maybe. Oh. I, I doubt uh, it. Um, just for our audio-only vest- listeners, we are currently, we have some Jaffa cakes, a British cuisine, um, and Justin's about to... Oh. Justin's about to try and catch one in his mouth. Fuck, I can't, I can't throw it. 
Oh, oh so, so close. close. Okay, fine. Let me try again. Oh my uh, god. Um, <laughs> cool. No, so um, yeah. Before the break, we talked a lot about food. Mm-hmm. We are eating a British food, Jaffa cakes, which are half coated biscuits filled with jam. Was it orange jam? Some some kind of jam. I um, eat whatever. They are good. they are quite yummy. Mm. Um, it's our little podcast snack because we were we wanted a dessert after dinner. Um, so we thought, why not have him on the podcast? Yeah. So if you're watching the video to this, there will be a Jaffa cake counter. Yes. Um, I think I'm in the lead right now. <laughs> I think I think you are in the lead. I mean, that whole thing was full, and now it's like a third. So yeah, it's fine. Cool. So you said um, in the break you wanted to talk about something else today. Yeah, I want to talk about um, British life. What do you mean, British life? How are you feeling living in this country now after so many years? Like, like, what are your thoughts? What are your experiences? Have you had any you know, issues or what you enjoy? Stuff like that. Well, I mean, so first year I was here was very strange for me um covid so i moved here in well uni started september 2020 yep um right when basically in the middle of covid which was an experience because um we had like a month or so of uni and then there was the first lockdown yep um which was very strange i mean i'm sure it was strange for you as well because you started in a similar time yeah i had to do um online lessons pretty much every fucking week yeah yeah i had online lessons as well but what was even worse was on online labs um yeah so trying to do a lab online does not really work how do you even do that so the way they did it is they had someone in the physical lab like physically with a camera um, which did not have good recording quality or live streaming quality or whatever. Not as good as ours. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a photography student, so uh-huh. ho- hopefully we have good quality. Okay. Um, but basically they had this really shitty quality camera and they were trying to make us like calculate lab stuff by reading off of lab equipment through the camera which did not work. Um, everyone basically complained. And I think we only, that was the singular online lab we ever had. Other than that, we never really had labs. Um, we were supposed to have labs every two weeks um, in my undergrad. I didn't really get into the lab until my first summer, uh, on, uh, until my summer between second and third year, where I did a lab internship, which was when COVID calm down again mm. um and then from then on lab was fine and now i work in a lab full time basically so um you can't get enough of labs now yeah, huh? yeah i'm i'm just always in the lab every it's your day second home it really is i mean now that i work every single day even on the weekends like this morning i had to work as well and it's sunday so mm. i had to wake up at like 7 some 15 um to go into the lab today and then we'll tell you although i love my work and it's really exciting it is a pain to go in seven days a week yeah um always waking up that early and stuff not really having a break so what i've done now is with my we- weekends i go to work in the morning i do everything i need to do then i come home and just relax i used to work 
on the weekends as well in my undergrad as in do like uni work catch up on notes whatever stuff um and i do work sometimes on the weekends but now that i've always been in in the morning it just i was so tired that i just rather rested Mm. and spent good time during the week really doing work um so as far as british life experience goes first year was a mess because of covid but yeah i can't really blame anyone in the uk about that i can't really blame boris johnson or whatever when he was prime minister Mm -hmm. um because it's not his fault i mean lockdown was in every country so yeah it wasn't like he just decided on a random limb oh let's have a lockdown to annoy everyone Mm. but i must say after moving to the city center in my second year and stuff it was a lot better i mean i met you i met elise my Aiden or other friend, um, yeah. it was, I felt more like I had a community of friends to do things with. And mm. I mean, we, we would always hang out quite yeah. a lot. I mean, it helped that we live in the same place, watching movies together and stuff. Yeah, I quite liked that actually. I, last year I, I was saying to everyone, I was like, we should treasure more yeah. time together because we're not going to live in the same place anymore after yeah, I mean, you know, people graduate. I mean, something, something about like, you know, just cuddling and together in bed, watching a horror movie is just really nice. I think. See, I never really liked horror, um, even when we watch it together, but... but I think it's, that's the fun element out of it. It, yeah. it brought us together. We, we were all pretty scared together and that was kind of fun. Like you, at least me and Aiden. Screaming um, together in the bed is so <laughs> funny. It's, it's worse when you don't have a girlfriend there to... Yeah. Um, Cover you at night, you know, like no to shield me, <laughs> to shield you at night. Yeah, I mean, those are some experiences I'll never forget. Yeah, and I must say they weren't like bad experiences. They were they were really fun because it brought us together. Yeah, um, as friends and stuff, and yeah, really from my second year onward, I felt more at home here. Mm. Um, in my first year, it was very hard and very a- alienating because yeah, all I could do was be with. The people in my flat and yeah. there were a few people that i really liked and really got on with well um there was a girl named Rodi from eritrea who ac- actually brought me coffee back from eritrea do you know where eritrea is nope it's like in i'm i'm gonna get this wrong let's just say fact check me um, okay before i say anything wrong and annoy people um it's i want to say it's near ethiopia what um, is ethiopia <laughs> An Af- African country. Do you know okay. any anything about Af- African My geography? My geography is really bad in general. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's basically where they produce specialty coffee. And so she brought me back some freshly made coffee. Mm. Um, that's kind of the relationship okay. we had. But then there were also some other people that were just party goers. And I, yeah. I don't really like clubbing. I don't really like party, partying. I'm more for something like this, something chill with friends, yeah. chatting maybe go to a pub um i feel like one misconception of like people is that you have like in uni you have to party a lot yeah no you don't you really don't i mean you do whatever you feel comfortable with so if you like partying fine go out i'm someone that really likes concerts so i went to a bunch of concerts throughout my uni um degree which i really loved i mean i saw elton john in the stadium oh yeah i i remember you weren't at the concert but you said you could still hear him i can hear from, him from my room yeah, yeah from your room um i mean i was there and i was really lucky because i paid like 70 80 yeah, quid which was really cheap 
And I think the people like one or two rows behind me paid 400 for their yeah, seats. That's crazy. Like the fact that I paid like 300 less than them, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's kind of another experience you can have. And mm. I feel like it also depends on the people you hang out with. A lot of my people are not really party goers or a lot of my people, are, uh, a lot of my friends yeah. are more like the people that rather go to a pub, have a chill chat over a drink or something yeah. um, rather than go out clubbing. I went no. clubbing once during uni um, to Pop World. Do you know Pop World? Yeah, I've heard of it. It's yeah. a big like British club. Um, didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. Never I feel like- again. I feel like just because it's a, it's it's just because it's a more popular activity. There's no reason where you have to feel peer pressured into joining these kind of stuff. Exactly. Because if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, you I don't know. Maybe the media made it look like it. Like, oh, if you don't like this, you're lame. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I don't. I don't. That's not the case when you actually enroll in uni. You know, you find a bunch of weebs, for example, mm-hmm. that you can. Mm-hmm. You but you're not. You know, the weird bunch. Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're free to hang out with whoever you like. Exactly. And you're free. You're free to do whatever you enjoy, and no one's forcing you to do anything you don't want. If 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 someone tries to force you, I'd say don't it, do stuff that's, with that's them. That's when you draw the that, line. That's a red flag. That's like a okay, okay, okay. I think there's a fin again. There's a thin line between forcing you and encouraging you. If you go, I mean. yes and no. Yeah, there's a thin line. I'm, I'm saying there's a thin line between. Yeah, but I'm agreeing and disagreeing. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm saying yes, I agree. There are situations where. <laughs> there are si- There are situations where. Someone could be encouraging you, but you interpret it as forcing you. But then there are situations where, someone might think they are encouraging you, but they are forcing something upon mm. someone that someone doesn't like. Yeah. Like that clubbing thing was mainly because I never went clubbing in my entire life. No. I wanted to try it once and that's fine. I didn't feel like I was pressured into it. But now if someone pressures me or tries to pressure me into it, I'm just like, no, mm. or and I walk away or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm more the type of guy that will speak my mind if I have a problem kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that 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 was in my first year one of my experiences, and if I mean Norwich is quite safe, yeah. But like that region, Prince of Wales Road, that's a road I generally don't like and try and keep clear of mainly because it's scary. It's, it's a sketchy yeah. part of town. Yeah, um, same. So so like even if I come home with the train or something, um, when I'm on my way back here. I don't really, I, I take a taxi rather than walking mm. up that road, um, mainly because I just want to be safe, you know, better yeah. safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, in the topic of uh, safetyness, mm. I did a project when I interviewed uh, different Hong Kong people. Yeah. And one of their, one of their factors of choosing Norwich is because of safetyness as well. Mm. Uh, it, is, it is a very safe city. Yeah, it is. Um, I think Norwich is ranked number three or four in the overall like place to stay okay okay uh, based on like enjoyment yeah or something like that but yeah like one of the main reasons why uh people decides to move to norwich is because of the safetyness yeah and i agree with that uh because hong kong or asia in general yeah well depending on parts of asia obviously but hong kong or japan or you know those are 
more safe countries. Like if I were to take a stroll at 2 a.m. in the morning, I wouldn't feel like, you know, scared. Mm. Because I don't, like no one's going to attack me out of nowhere. Whereas to me, okay. Again, this this is something I want to expand on as well. Like yeah. uh, personal safety and personal feeling as uh, Asian okay. in yes. this uh, country. Because yeah, safety first. Uh, I don't feel safe here, to be honest. In Norwich. Uh, even in Norwich, yes. In London, I really don't feel safe. Yeah, London, I don't see it as a safe but place. In, but in Norwich, I still don't feel entirely safe. Okay, I get that. Um, Mainly because it's just uh, the different types of people I would meet on yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah, Hong Kong, I'm comfortable. There's like Even though there's a lot of people around, you won't feel a sense of like overwhelmingness because obviously I grew up there, first of all. But second of all, I don't have to worry about some someone coming up to you yeah, yeah. and like, you know, just like causing stuff. Yeah. Whereas w- when I was in Switzerland, mm. this one random dude who speaks French came up to us and started shouting at us. He wasn't even drunk, okay. but he was just shouting like uh, random stuff. As I don't understand. I thought he was like saying some like uh, racial slurs at me. Yeah, yeah. But Elise was saying, oh no, it's just some Israeli or Palestinian oh, okay. kind of thing. Okay. But, you know, we were just normal people we were just minding our own business yeah, yeah. We weren't even yeah. talking about that topic and then this yeah, random yeah. dude just came up to us and started shouting at us and raising middle finger at us mm, mm. so i think there's that kind of element of being scared of because i feel like asians is more of a target when it comes to bullying or attacking um another thing is because i've experienced a hate crime here in yeah. this country before uh, I was in a train station. There was these football fans who were yelling like really racist stuff to me. Like mm-hmm. they were all chanting, oh, you're just a fat Jackie Chan to me. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And, you know, I didn't know how to react firstly. I was really like after they gone. Yeah. And then I felt like, okay, well, you know, I think from that then on, my opinion about UK kind of like really changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I no longer really feel safe in terms of how open people are. And how you know how mu- how ignorant people can be. Yeah. So you'd you'd leave as soon as you can. You you yeah. your plan is to go back. Yeah. After to Hong Kong af- after you graduate. Yeah. Um, because I want to feel more connected back to home after living yeah. for seven years. But in the meantime, it's just food wise as well as like yeah, safety yeah. wise, and I'm just more comfortable there. You know, mm. here whereas I feel like there's a sense of like non-belongingness for me to be here being like, being estranged yeah like yeah. you know the phrase go back to your own country i have a feeling of that sense okay and like even though they don't say it i have a feeling that people are giving me that look or you know okay feeling. yeah 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 so it's it's just kind of sad because i've experienced hate crime some like most some of my asian friends also experience this type of stuff mm. uh my friend was recording a voicemail to me yeah and out of nowhere, I heard a bunch of like maybe around fourteen to fifteen year old kids mm. saying "konnichiwa" at the background, and they start laughing. Mm. But my friend was too innocent to like she she's not that good in English, mm. so she doesn't understand what you know what's happening. Yeah, they thought they were just like saying hello to her, but no, like they were making fun out of her. Okay, okay. So it's just these kind of instances which I feel like it's such an easy target to attack. Like we are such an easy target to attack because. It's just, we don't fight back. That's the vibe, like, I think, you know, mm. people mm. think we are. Yeah. 
and uh, especially in America as well. I say that like I was having a discussion with uh, Elise's parents as well because they quite like America. They grew up in America as well yeah, as yeah. have a lot of association with America. And I said, well, you know, I don't really want to go back to America because there's on the news, there's so much like Asian hate crimes going on. Yeah. But then they're like, oh, don't trust everything on the news. But then in the same time, it's like, who would attack an uncle who's 80 years old? But, you know, like if you if if, if it's a, you know, like these coordinated attacks. Yeah. And their majority towards like old Asian, I think it's fair to assume it is a racially motivated crime rather than you know just a random attack do you get what i mean yeah i do i do understand what you mean yeah like um our our nature is just to be more cautious i get that but say say there was a really really good job in photography photography or something in the uk say somewhere in in the uk doesn't need doesn't need to be london doesn't need to be norwich for all I care, say Leeds or whatever, yeah. or Liverpool or whatever. Um, would you, if you then had the choice between going home and staying here, would you consider staying here or would you straight away default to going home? I would still of those feelings. I would still consider staying. Like consider. Mm. I mean, like, like yeah, like, consider, I mean, consider. Not, yeah, not yeah, yeah. make the choice, but just consider. I would still consider. Yeah, because no doubt, as a creative. As in, like in the creative industry kind of sense, Hong Kong is definitely lacking behind. Yeah. We're not a very artistic place to begin mm. with. Mm. But, you know, UK is obviously more creative and has more opportunities to choose yeah. from. But yeah, yeah. I just can't get over the fact that, you know, of who I am as well as how people see me. Because uh, I've just, I've, I've gotten used to getting weird looks on the street. Yeah, could be a self-conscious thing, but it's also like I feel like they stare at you because oh, you seem like seems to be really like weirded out or closed off. Yeah. yeah. Um. Plus, I just it's not. I'm not a big fan of the openness in this mm. country. Like, mm. I cannot, I cannot stand saying hello to a neighbor every single day. Let's just really? say, like, it feels like forced interaction just to be just to put up a face, like. A, I feel like you UK. see see that's a cultural difference again because yeah. like I I think it's cultural and it, de- it depends on how big your hometown is or something. But my yeah. my hometown is quite small, so it's like everyone knows everyone. Mm. So for us, it's normal to say hello to well, well, no, 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 okay. and it's it's not something that we see as a chore, yeah. but something that we enjoy doing because we just chat. Well, in that case, yeah, it, back at home in Hong Kong, I, I, I live in a small village as well. Everyone yeah, knows yeah. each other as well. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. talking about is I don't know you, but I'm still obligated to obligated to say hello to you just because we pass by and it's polite to do so. Yeah, but it is polite. Even if I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah, that I can't get by. Like, I, I do that. Yeah, I, mean, I can't get by that. It's just... Why not? I feel like... It's just like, oh, you want something to do with me, but I don't have anything to but, do with you. But it's not, kind of it's not about having something to do with the other person. It's about respect and politeness. Yeah. Well, you never know what bad stuff they could come up to you. That's, what, that's how we see it, I think. Like okay. If I were to say hello to a random stranger back at home, yeah, they would just look at you, not do anything, give you a weird look, and just carry on with their day. Yeah, it's you know saying hi to a random person, 
It's just unnecessary. I know it sounds really robotic and really like cold hearted, mm. but I guess it's more of a sense of every man minds their own business. Like everyone minds their own business. But when it comes to helping each other, uh, then you would do so. See, it's it's a thing like when back with my family, we had a dog and stuff and we go on dog walks. You greet whoever, even if you don't know them. If if you're on a walk, you just greet them and say hello. You don't you don't need to make small talk. You just, as you walk by, you say hello. And that's just politeness and being nice, right? It's not like we're trying to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's still kind so of awkward. To me, what you're describing is very alienating and it feels weird yeah but then again that's just your culture and yeah i feel like the sense of don't talk to random strangers is pretty big okay okay interesting yeah and uh another thing is yeah i don't feel safe here because i feel like there's more crimes there are yeah i got my wallet stolen in london without knowing Mm. that's just how Mm. skilled these thieves are yeah but london is different i think london is on a different level to say norwich or another small town but as a country let's just say okay i don't have to worry about that in hong kong i don't have to worry about that in japan or south korea or any part of well not not any part again it's just back at home let's just say i don't have to worry about like oh is my phone in my pocket is my wallet back in my pocket you know i don't uh, in london i check it every five like every 10 or 15 seconds i put my hands in my pocket make sure my stuff is in there i put my bag yeah, in front yeah, of me yeah yeah and it's kind of sad to me because I went to a Christmas market in Switzerland. There's signs everywhere saying, keep your personal belonging close to you. Mm. You don't ever see that in, you know, back at home. It's that sense of trust. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Like, yeah, it's standard practice to do so to, you know, mm. keep your belonging safe and to you. But shouldn't it be better to not have this concern? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. And it, it is better to not have that concern. But at the same at the same time, I think it's good to be aware of your surroundings and be aware of what's going on. And I feel like that's part of it as well. You're aware yeah. that you still have your wallet. You're aware that everything's fine. You're, you're being hypersensitive to your surroundings. Yeah. But, but it's that, just, that can be a good thing, I'm saying. But yeah, but seeing signs like this at the Swiss market just makes me feel sad because yeah. we've come to a point where we can't trust each other. Mm. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also feel like in the UK, I have to put on the face most of the time when mm. it comes to mm. interaction. Yeah. In Hong Kong, I can talk about... Okay, in Hong Kong, I feel like there's a lack of understanding. mm we're going to go into a really gray area right now. Mm, okay. Um, disabilities, racial yeah. slurs. We joke about stuff like that. Mm. Disabilities, you know. Uh, I feel like it's because it's not looked upon as important as it is back home. Yes, you can call me, oh, you're such an ass for saying that. You're such an ass for like even mm. like, joking out of these stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the same time, we're, you know, we don't mean what we say. We, mostly, we just joke it. Yeah. If you go, yeah, I mean, fair. Yeah. I'm not trying to justify it. Mm. I'm not saying, yeah, it's okay to make fun about disabled people. But at the same time, I feel like here, there's so much stuff you have to be careful of what you're saying. Yeah. 
I get that, but at the same time, I think it's also a thing of you're in a different country. You kind you kind of need to adjust yeah. yourself, and so there are certain things I don't talk about or I prevent myself from saying because I know it'll just create trouble. And yeah. that that that's just that sense of adjustment, being able to read your surroundings again. Mm. I think I think it's important, especially. I mean as we are in a new country yeah to just be aware of your surroundings and be aware of what's going on to properly judge the sit- situation make a educated judgment of yeah what you should do next and stuff what not to say whatever yeah so yeah it's because of this element mm. that I kind of hold myself back yeah and uh Elise has told me about this before like the UK me it's kind of half of the Hong Kong me. Okay. Like the Hong Kong me is just an amplified version of me yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm more expressive. I'm more happy. Mm. <laughs> and I'm more crazy as well. Fair enough. Um, But I, I've, I think we all change how we are a bit when we're around yeah. other people, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because... Yeah, like so many reasons why I kind of just want to go home mm. rather than stay here for longer. It's not like I don't like this place, mm. but price-wise, uh, people-wise, interaction, and just kind of food, yeah. everything contributes a little to the more more of a reason why I just want to go back. Yeah, fair enough. I've been here seven years. I've learned more stuff. Like, I feel like reflecting back... Uh, to when I first came and now the stuff I realize mm. it's just um, like it's just enough of a reason for me to feel like okay well I need to go back it's time to go home yeah 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 because I've interviewed someone in the documentary I mentioned mm. and they've only been here for what two years so far yeah but they kind of talked about how oh they thought UK will be this really uh technologically advanced place yeah yeah and really yeah. big like city and really yeah like really nice people and stuff like that mm. but this is just like a stereotypical image yeah, of yeah. The uk yeah when you go to like the suburbs area like it's literally opposite of what people mm. imagine mm. so i feel like this is with anything really you have to immerse yourself long enough in order to get a sense of what it is yeah yeah um, and some people would argue we're not immersed long enough. I mean, you've yeah. you've been here longer than me, seven years versus four years. But then again, the question arises, when are you immersed long enough? Yeah, exactly. But I'm here long enough to realize that I'm not happy. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. that's fair. And I think, I think what would be interesting in probably a future episode would be just to discuss the future for us and where yeah. we think we're heading and what our plans are. And Absolutely. Stuff. And like, yeah. To really delve deep into what we're actually doing, what we're actually passionate about and that kind of work aspect. Don't um, get, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of friends here. I yeah. really appreciate them. And you yeah, know, yeah. I would be so sad that I won't be able to see them again. Yeah. But I'm talking about in a general sense when it comes to, yeah, growing up as well as working and how society treats you and, you know, sees yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I like I enjoy 
there are certain parts of stuff where I enjoyed here more than Hong Kong. For example, the conversations we're having like right now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm able to have more of a discussion when it comes yeah, to exactly. these type of like uh, interests or, you know, something mm, like that. Because mm. back then at home, I was not, I, I was, I, I didn't like Chinese as a subject. Mm. And I feel like I had a lack of understanding when it comes to having conversation with my friends. Mm, mm. But, you know, coming to the UK, I really enjoyed that going to pubs and just like, talking about stuff yeah that's the thing i would miss the most whereas back to hong kong we have very little to no moments where you can talk about your true feelings yeah yeah yeah. so that's one thing i really treasure and the second thing is you know i quite like this kind of student lifestyle where you kind of independent you do whatever you want you meet up with your friends yeah that i'm gonna miss when i go back so there are good elements but in a general sense after waiting it out i think going home just kind of like being with family as well as like take my time and connect again. I this is such a cliche say, but connect back to my roots. No, but that's that's fair enough, and I think that's something that plays a role for all all of us that are in the new country. We all we all kind of wanna we have this need to go home. We have this want to go home yeah. mainly because it also will connect us to our roots, and I think that's a completely fair thing to say. Yeah, because. After coming here, my projects kind of like shifted towards to my heritage. Mm. I want to create work about my heritage. I want to yeah. celebrate it. But it's just kind of the sense where I feel like, oh, I reflect and I find out, oh, maybe Hong Kong is quite a unique place to be. Mm. It mm. has a really special place and it, you know, it gives me these experiences as well as like feelings, whereas mm. other people won't be able to experience. And I quite like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I just want to go back, study more, or just kind of relive it, I guess. Yeah. Because every su- I go back every summer, but it's a very, like, summery, party-ish, relaxing yeah, holiday yeah. mode. Yeah. But, you know, I haven't experienced the winter side of Hong Kong. And mm. I've been talking to this with Elise as well. It's like, uh, I feel like as a human, yeah, you need to have this first of experiencing new feelings. Yeah, experiencing yeah. a new yeah. atmosphere like the vibe that a place gives you and these different like like uh yeah these different tempos of like this pace yeah you yeah, have to experience exactly. it all yeah. so i kind of grasp that feeling after mm. growing up and maturing a bit more mm. and mm. just kind of like how i see it again if you get what i mean yeah yeah no that makes makes a lot of sense and i think i think that's a good thing mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we've talked quite a while today. Deep episode, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, really good chats, really good talk, talking to you like this. Um, mm. I mean, we were going to do a Friday, Friday, but I think we were both a little too tired to talk on Friday. Um, but hopefully next Friday we'll continue. Yeah. Um, I mean, these, these kind of talks is mainly for people to get to know us a bit better yeah exactly get to know who we are and also just see how we interact with each other as well i think uh one thing is also maybe people would relate to what we say yeah yeah and obviously get different viewpoints from different perspectives i think that's the most important thing about you know why we're here and why we're discussing because that's the point of this podcast is just to kind of talk about their different perspective yeah yeah different yeah opinions as well as 
you know, trying to relate to one and each other so we don't feel as, you know, self alone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've not really come across anything like what we're doing now, which is just talking about our experiences and stuff. And I think it might help other international people in March or where yeah. wherever in the world to just be able to express how they feel. And I think that's it's quite powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys friday next week um hope you have a lovely evening or day or wherever you are whatever time it is for you um have a good day have a good evening and we'll see you again next week i think i confidently won this competition yeah i think i I think you have (laughs) um no surprise i think the number will pop up here soon yeah all right well see you guys next time have a lovely rest of your day evening thanks for tuning in have a good week as well yeah have a good week and see you soon bye, bye.